Happy Wednesday, friends. And welcome back to Aquarius Behavior, a best friends podcast. A best friends podcast. I am your co-host, Morgan. And I'm your co-host, Samantha. We invite you to hang out with us each Wednesday to take in some chaotic storytelling, low-key learning, and high-quality audio. Mm-hmm. That's the ab pod promise. <laughs> Samantha, welcome. Hi. So thrilled to Hi. be here. Yeah, today is very special. Mm-hmm. This is our 10th episode. <gasps> Number 10. Wow. I know. 10 episodes. 10 episodes. It is January 18th, 2023. 2023. Yep. This is our 10th episode. Mm-hmm. It's I can't huge. believe it. I know. It seemed like so many episodes when we were first plotting out mm-hmm. what our 10 episode, what, debut Mm-hmm. I think we kind of said, well, we'll get to episode 10 and high five and still think we're having fun. And I think we're still having fun. Welcome to the 10th episode. I know. This is it. That's right. We did. This was our goal is we said, hey, let's produce 10 episodes and then we can see if we're still having fun. We can see if anyone else cares and maybe we'll keep making content. <laughs> Turns yep. out we are having fun. People kind of do care and want to listen to us. Care enough. So we'll keep making content. We'll take it. We're having fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to throw us off a little bit today mm, great. and we are going to do something a little different because not only is this our 10th episode, which I think just deserves something special, mm-hmm. uh, but we, Samantha, we're nearing Aquarius season. Can you feel it? Can you feel Ooh, it in the air? Mm. My strength is increasing. <laughs> That's our air, air signs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Aquarius season starts on January 20th. So in honor of this special occasion, we are going to learn a little bit about astrology in this special low-key learning edition of Aquarius Behavior. Mm. So, Sam, are you ready to learn about Aquarius? I am ready to learn some Aquarius things. Mm. The season is upon us. Well, Sam, did you know that the first evidence of astrology dates back to the third millennial BC, roughly 5,000 years ago? (gasps) It's a long time. So we're going to go on a short tangent to review what was happening on the planet back then. Okay, let's take ourselves back 5,000 Because it was so long ago. So (laughs) this was the middle of the Bronze Age. Okay, the Bronze Age was approximately... 3,300 BC to 1,200 BC, okay? And it was during the Bronze Age that humans made significant technological advances, most notably Mm -hmm. the first evidence of urbanization. Ooh, city planning. City planning. Uh, The first evidence of writing, okay? We saw that in hieroglyphics with the ancient Egyptians, and also, obviously, bronze. Bronze. Bronze, mm-hmm. okay, showed up in cultures across the world for both military and ornamental use. And who cares, Sam, that bronze is so hot right now? It's bronze is just so hot bronze. right now. Mm-hmm. Why do people care? Sam, do you know why people cared about bronze? I don't. I, I didn't either. I don't know why people cared about bronze. I didn't, I didn't know that it was called the Bronze Age because of the metal, even though I know that it's a metal. Yep. So why bronze? Okay, I didn't either because I'm like, well... You get bronze if you win third place in things. Uh, it's the third it's place. It's the third era. place, mm-hmm. you know? But actually, it's pretty incredible. So I learned some things too. Okay, so we care about bronze. Bronze is a manufactured metal. 
It can't be found naturally. Oh. Yeah. You can't just... So mm-hmm. that's why there's no bronze mines. Nope. You can't that's just, why you can't own a no, bronze mine. No. You can't just dig up bronze. You can't why, just mine it. Why did my brain not know that? That's one of those things where it's like... Okay, keep going. Right? Keep going, I'm mad. I know. Keep going, okay. I'm mad. It's fine. So bronze is a manufactured metal. It cannot be found naturally. It is an alloy metal, which means it is a metal mixed with other elements. Bronze was more durable and easier to work with than previous metals. It also gave civilizations an advantage if they were able to make this metal because they can make weapons. It was a whole new uh, source, right? And durable. Exactly. Exactly. More durable and it was easier to work with. So it's easier to forge. Yeah. So it's a miracle metal. Do you know (laughs) how... To make bronze? Of course I don't. Of course I don't. Morgan, tell me everything. Let's let's low-key learn some chemistry. Okay, the bronze recipe. Number one. Okay, I'll get out my cooking pot and all of my metal bits. I'm ready. Number one, we need to extract copper from ore through a process called smelting, which is basically heating and melting. You smelt it. You smelt it. Okay. Yeah. Number two, you then mix the copper with tin in a process called alloying. Okay. It's an alloy. Okay. Well, look at that. Copper plus tin. Yeah. Okay. And then voila, just like that, bim, bam, oh. boom, put it through your easy bake oven. Yep. You have bronze. And now you can spend countless hours forging that bronze into something useful. Oh, my goodness. Well, now that I know the recipe, I'm unstoppable. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. So that's wow. what was happening in the Bronze Age. When we also saw the first signs of astrology. Mm. See, now we were talking about metal so much that I forgot that this is all about the Aquarius season. Yeah, yeah. Aquarius season. I know. So we had to go on that oh, tiny my brain tangent, though. just went on a metal journey. <laughs> I, I did not know about bronze. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, right? So that is just a glimpse as to what was going on on the planet Earth during the time that astrology also reigned supreme. So Bronze Age, 3300 B.C. Mm-hmm. to 1200 B.C. Correct. Okay, I'm just putting, you yep. know, I'm really thinking back, what was life like back then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We noted in a previous episode, we knew 1750s were stinky. So I bet these were even more stinkier. Totally. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of like just farming. Yeah. That's farming and index. crops. Mm-hmm. I mean, the that's, yeah, if you think ancient, the ancient Egyptians also popped up during the Bronze Age. Yeah. So, so like, like time of the pyramids, mm-hmm. that's the time period we're talking about. Okay. Yep. Great. Exactly. My brain is back mm-hmm. eons ago. <laughs> yes. It was during this time that astrology became an academic staple across many civilizations where scientists have found evidence of star charts in drawings and early writings. We do not have time to review the entire 5,000-plus-year history of astrology today, but we are going to learn some key terms that will be essential to our future learning. Well, if our podcast is on long enough, we could have enough time to review the 5,000 years of this history, but I really appreciate the bullet points that you've provided today. It's a start. it's, It's a start. I don't know why my brain thinks of all these things as so separate events 
And just remembering all of the different layers that are overlapping in the course of humanity and the development of civilization, of how they're all stacked. It's like a little history sandwich. It's like you think about, you know, the it's a very messy history sandwich, but it's like, here's this part. And then over here, the the ham overlaps with that part. And the and then there's the Bronze Age and that's some cheese. And then you have a really skewed sandwich. But I forget that they all kind of happened right around the same time in history Mm -hmm. my brain thinks of those as such separate instances Mm -hmm. not instances different things morgan (laughs) well yes and that that is also you know history we say it's the bronze age but that clearly was not the only thing going on we just have to categorize there's you know millions of years of history on this planet so we just have to categorize things Mm -hmm. and honestly too i mean that time period that was two thousand years That is the same amount of time from, like, if you are following the Christian calendar, that's like, you know, from the time that Jesus died until now. Like, that's about the length of the Bronze Age. It was about 2,000 years, you know? So many things have happened in just the last week. When I think about millions of years of history for (laughs) billions of people, I just get kind of... Yes. Wow. So when we when we break <laughs> down the Bronze Age to like three or four big things that happened, uh-huh. this is granted there are thousands of civilizations out there. Not every single one developed bronze. Not everyone figured it out at this time. They not everybody cool did. Stuff. Yeah. But it was enough. And, and what's interesting is that it was enough civilizations across the world in that period of time where they said, wow, humans kind of in general figured this out during this time period. Yeah. And so, I don't know, to me, I think that's cool enough where you had that many different types of people around the world from different cultures who all figured out some really freaking cool chemistry like this and figured out how to melt things down enough to combine elements I don't know how to do that today in the 21st century, let alone doing that with ancient tools. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing this with like stones and, you know, big fire cauldrons. (laughs) Those are words. (laughs) Wait, but did they have to make the cauldrons out of bronze? No, they had other metals. They, yeah, had, they had other. They had, they that was had the other metals. That was what the thing. Yes, they had about? other metals. They had other metals that were also like they found naturally recurring metals and things. But this was again, yeah, an invention. Mm-hmm. Someone figured out and was like, "Whoa, copper! I plus can tin. extract copper from this ore, and then when I combine it with tin, it makes this stronger metal that's easier for me to craft with." Amazing! Before the internet existed, and you're sitting on a secret like that, you just figured it out in your laboratory, yes. in your very Bronze Age appropriate mm-hmm. laboratory with your Bronze mm-hmm. Age appropriate lab coat, and sitting on that information. Mm-hmm. And how many people figured it out around the same time? You guys, yeah. history's cool. Isn't that wild? History's cool, man. It is. Wow. Yes. So so today we're going to talk about zodiacs, mm-hmm. signs, which include the sun, moon, and rising, or the big three. Oh, and we're also going to talk about elements. Oh. Are you ready? I sure am. Teach me some things. All right. What are zodiacs? Astrology.com answers this question on their website, saying the zodiac wheel encompasses 12 signs, beginning with Aries and ending with Pisces. This modality is presented via a sphere, or zodiac wheel, that is divided into 12 separate sections in the sky. Each section correlates with a zodiac sign, through which the sun, moon, and planets pass through during the year. So traditionally, the 12 zodiac signs in astrology are Aries, 
Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Mm, Welcome. Welcome all. Welcome Mm -hmm. to all the signs in this podcast. I had no idea that, (laughs) number one, when um, people were going back and learning about star charts and people were looking at the sky for the first time. I don't know when telescopes became a thing, but they weren't around for a very long time. So it was a lot of Mm -hmm. just looking at the night sky with your naked eye and interpreting how the planets were moving and everything. Mm So it's really interesting, too, that Aries is the beginning of the cycle because that starts in like March or April. Yeah. Why is that? And why is that? Who who it's all the yeah the fire baby fire sign starts first and then aquarius i didn't know that we were kind of near the end Mm -hmm. with our january february and then there's a march april so we are the 11th sign Mm -hmm. we're almost the last one of the year we are so wizened yeah (laughs) i know that is incredible to me too that all of this was done just with the naked eye yeah but we have to remember that this was you know, 5,000 years ago. So there were no cities. There there was, there was, were no lights that were blocking. Light or pollution. Or pollution, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And so I cannot even imagine what the sky actually oh, looked like. And it was. being able to see all of these constellations, being able to track the planetary movements. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. How did they know the difference between a planet and a star? I don't know. No. No clue. Ooh. No clue. No clue. Thank goodness for smart people in history. Like, way to put in the hard work for us to then marvel at your just smartness and ingenuity. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, (laughs) Yep. We are going to read about it off of astrology.com and Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings us to our next topic. So... Rising sign, sun sign, and moon sign. We touched on this a just very, very briefly in Blood Moon, but we all agreed that we don't know what all of those things are or the difference between them. No. Which, nope. no clue, no clue. So we're going to talk about that now. So these are known as the big three. So typically, if you're getting, uh, you know, your star chart read, these are really the ones that someone, some astrologist is going to tell you, oh, this is your sun sign and your moon sign and here's your rising or your ascending sign. Those are the same thing. I had to check because I kept seeing both of them in my research. I thought that they were two separate things. I thought ascending sign and rising sign are the So these are the big three. Yes. The moon sign, the sun sign, and whatever your rising sign Mm -hmm. is, which is also called ascending. Yep. Yes. Okay. So the rising sign or ascending sign is the sign that was rising in the east at the exact time of your birth. It represents your outer shell the version of you that you present to the world. So if you meet somebody for the first time, this is the version you will probably greet them with. Mm. Your outer persona. It's your, it's your uh, fake real pas- yeah. facade. Yeah. The facade you your put on. Your mask, if you will. Yes. The Masquerade. mask that you wear. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea what rising sign meant. Mm-hmm. And so that's cool that it's instead of the sun rising on the horizon, it's whatever constellation is rising at the time of yes. your birth. Huh? On the horizon. Wow. Yes. So your sun sign then is determined by the location of the sun at your time of birth. This is considered to be your true identity, who you are at your core. Okay. So with the sun sign, it's not just where the sun is in the sky that 
I can see it. It's where the sun is, like, locationally in relation to our planet. Correct. So, like, you may not be able to see the sun because you and I were both born at night. Yeah. So, like, we could clearly, obviously, not see the sun because it was nighttime, but the sun is still out in space. And if you look through the Earth, somewhere else. it would be down through the Earth on the other side of the Earth. And mm-hmm. that sun in that constellation, I'm gesturing to the ground. Correct. That sun in that constellation would be exactly. your sun sign. Yeah, okay, because cool. our Earth is spinning. And we are also spinning around the Earth. And so, you know, it's just we, yeah, we're seeing not only the moon and the planets, but we're seeing different constellations. Mm -hmm. There are constellations that we can never see where we are in the northern hemisphere because they are below us. And we just never, ever get to see them. We never get to see the Southern Cross. Ever. Ever. Shout out to our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere who get to see the Southern Cross. Yep. But you know what? They don't get to enjoy the Big Dipper. So (laughs) they don't get to enjoy Ursa Major or Ursa Minor. So yeah, it's that's another kind of interesting tidbit to think about is like, yeah, so we may not be able to see that constellation or like you may not be able to see it where you are, but it's just the positioning of the sun, moon, everything. Yeah. Mm, wow space okay is so big yeah it's so big that's what so stresses big. me out it's like oh what do you mean people on the other side of the world mm-hmm. can't see the constellations i see it just mm-hmm. ugh, the the tunnel view that sometimes mm-hmm. we get in our world of like oh yeah yes. it's like this for everyone i know no, no it's not False. no it's not <laughs> so then your moon sign we're coming around right yep. sure you can all guess this is where the moon is in the sky at the time of your birth. So that's the one you can see. Correct. So we could see. Yes. <laughs> but if you're born, if you're born during the day, <laughs> you maybe can't see the moon at that time. So your moon sign represents your emotional world. It's who you are on the inside, like your deepest, darkest self. And sometimes I guess the rising sun and moon could like all magically lined up, line up. Like if you were born on like during an eclipse, right? <gasps> I mean, then mm-hmm. you're the then sun and the moon be, are in the same spot. They'd be overlapping. They and would. They could also be in the rising mm-hmm. wherever it's. Oh. Yes. And so I get why this works for yeah. people. I get why it's so varied and different. And mm-hmm. these different variables go into the inner, the outer, and the the yeah. facade, the yeah. mask. Because yeah. it also explains like how people are different. So people born on the same day, well, why are you different from other people born on the same day? Well, it depends on all of these different variables yeah. that come together to make up, you know, parts of your personality. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Like there are 12 houses. And so there is more depth we could go into that we're not going to today. Cause like I said, we can't review all 5,000 plus years of history. I already have a four page report that we have to go through during this episode. This four pages, but it's beautiful. Yeah. So like we got a schedule to keep. We got to keep it up. Uh, we got to keep going. Podcast long enough. And <laughs> otherwise we'll learn this about will be houses. another four hour episode, people. <laughs> we can't do it. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about all that today. We are going to move on to the elements, but I just want to shout that out is that there are 12 houses. And so there's a lot more information about, which we'll probably cover later about like which house you're in at which time and when you were born, where was everything in the sky? And so, oh, this is how it affects everybody. All that kind of stuff. But we're going to move on. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Hey, Abpod listeners. Hope you're feeling groovy. And this episode is bringing a slice of joy to your Wednesday. 
Did you know you can follow AquariusBehavior.pod on Instagram? You can see weekly episode updates and behind-the-scene pictures of our podcast. You can also email the show at AquariusBehavior.pod at gmail.com to share your friendship stories or suggest a segment. Stay hydrated, buddies. Now, on with the show. Moving on, what are the elements? So this we've also talked about a little bit, right? It's the elemental signs, fire, air, water, and earth. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has, you know, a certain sign, right? So again, from Mm astrology.com, the zodiac is divided into four elements, fire, air, water, and earth. Each element is home to three signs and is paired with a complementary element. Fire is complementary to air, as water is to earth. The signs within each element all share universal characteristics. Fire signs, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, are exuberant and passionate, literally blazing with heated personalities. (laughs) On the other hand, the air signs, Libra, Aquarius, Gemini, are logical and detached, able to view their surroundings with social intelligence. The air signs, Capricorn, Torres, Virgo, are grounded and stable, rooted in structure. So the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, are typically emotionally motivated and compassionate, gifted with an innate empathetic understanding. Together, each element offers unique traits, but the signs within them differ in expression. It can explain why some signs have similar attributes, but no one sign is the same. Mm. You know, I always mm. thought that I was a water sign because I was an Aquarius with the jugs of water mm-hmm. pouring the water out for my friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was actually an air sign, which was something else that came out of this podcast. It is confusing it because is confusing. Aquarius, our symbol is usually it's two squiggles, mm-hmm. one on top of the other, which is supposed to resemble water. I and thought so. we're the water bearer. And yeah. so the whole symbol in the constellation is somebody pouring out a vessel of water. But we are an air sign. Yep. I think that speaks a lot to who Aquarius is. <laughs> Can't you figure th- the chaos. Like, There's just uh, something going on on the inside that's unexpected. Well, okay, that's funny you say that because I do want to specifically talk about Aquarius. Okay, mm. so continuing on with astrology.com and what they have to say about uh, Aquarius, the Aquarius season, which is what we're celebrating right oh, now. Happy Aquarius season, friends. It is January 20th to February 18th. So what astrology.com has to say is Aquarius is a fixed masculine air sign ruled by Saturn and Uranus. It's associated with the 11th house of greater communities, friendships, and dreams. Aquarius is a paradox. Its fixed nature is unmoving, yet its air qualities prefer innovation. Aquarius is a technological sign, preferring both the structure of Saturn and the unconventionality of rebellious Uranus. To amplify Aquarius's quirkiness, it's represented as the water bearer. Surprisingly, Aquarius is highly empathetic, but shielded by a cold front. Aquarius wants to better the collective, but is also highly selective with personal relationships. No matter what, Aquarius tends to shine in its individualism. 
I feel called out. Mm. We should have done a trigger warning. It's especially yeah. these last two lines. Uh, highly empathetic, but mm-hmm. shielded by a cold front. Mm. Uh, also, Aquarius wants to better the collective. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> highly selective with personal relationships. Ooh, truth. Those are words that hit close to home. Highly selective with personal relationships. And I think it's because we go from zero to 100. Mm-hmm. We're not friends now, we're friends. And now don't hurt me. And so I've learned I can't just be friends with everyone because that's just irresponsible. Uh, highly selective of relationships. That's pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's yeah. Really so, interesting. Some of those things ring true for you, huh? Yeah, they do. Is, is there mm-hmm. parts of this when you were researching? Do you ever like yell where like when you're highlighting stuff where it's like, yes, yes, because right now we're going to move into our personal star charts because I do have. Yeah, I didn't print them on your piece of paper because it's the surprise and it's written on our schedule here because, uh, yeah, I actually did get. I don't know if it's like official, but I found an app. It's totally official. I found yep. an app. And so uh, I'm just going to tell everybody because I really like this. And I did do a little bit of research as to, hey, what are really good astrology apps that I can use that aren't the most bogus things? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just find this so interesting. So yeah. I did download an app called Nebula. Okay. And so this whole app is geared towards horoscopes, astrology. And so you type in your information and then it tells you, okay, here is your sun sign, your moon sign, ascendant. Uh, It gives you things that we just talked about. It tells you your modality, your polarity, your element. And then it goes into more details. And so I'm going to show you just my (gasps) part of the app. There's a lot of figures. There's a lot of data. data. Like here's it's reviewing. Here's all the planets. Oh, that's what sign it means. Here's all the houses we talked about. And it's all specific, apparently, to me. To you, Morgan. I also did this for you. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit (laughs) and compare (laughs) both of our things. So uh, are we putting down the... papers the report you've prepared okay you can can set the report aside now this is beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah so now we're just going through the nebula app okay so samantha based on what you have told me what i have learned is that your rising sign is libra 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 so and if we recall the rising or the ascending sign is your facade? Basically how you, yeah, how you present yourself. Your okay. mask. Masquerade. Yeah. Libra. So okay. it's Libra. Ooh. Do you know much about Libra? No, I don't. Well, great, because I wrote it down. Yay. So <laughs> this is all from the Nebula app. Uh-huh. So what the Nebula app has to say about you as a Libra, this house symbolizes our nature and it distinguishes us from other people born on this same day. Your rising sign, right? Generally... The first house communicates who you are becoming and will turn out to be, both internally and externally. It addresses our personality and presentation to the world, our vital qualities, approach to life, demeanor, and fundamental sensibilities. Libra prefers tasks that are well thought out, prepared, and based on objectives and correct assessment of the situation. Mm. Trying to take other people's opinion into consideration can slow the person down and come across as hesitation 
irresolution or opportunism. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do yeah. you think about that? Those That was rude and I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's very true, uh, especially if I'm looking at it as just this is who I, I'm fronting as, mm-hmm. especially in my real job. I do a lot yes. of that kind of stuff. And so that that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. of in my real job, you don't really get to know me as a person. Mm-hmm. And you were doing stuff and doing the things that are my job. Mm-hmm. And I can see a lot of that mm-hmm. in the Libra energy right there. That's yep. so interesting. Okay, so tell me yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my rising uh-huh. is Scorpio. Uh, okay, you. we were looking that up during the Blood Moon episode because we were saying, oh, it's Scorpio season, but you're also a Scorpio rising. I am a Scorpio okay. rising. Tell me what that means. Yeah. People with Scorpio, uh, again, I'm just going to blanket statement. Everything I'm going to read is from Nebula, the app. So just know, not copywriting or uh, what would you call it? Oh, these are these are originally thought okay. up words by Morgan. By, no, no, they're not. <laughs> no, this is originally thought up by the Nebula app. I am just reading them. We're not plagiarizing. All right. So Scorpio, what the don't Nebula sue don't sue us. What Nebula has to say is people with Scorpio on the ascendant need to fight against dark and destructive power in their life. For most people, this power can also come from the inside in the form of resentment, jealousy, or lust for power. The dark and secret things in the soul must come out. (laughs) This was like super just rude, dark and spooky. (laughs) And I do relate to that, unfortunately, because as you know, my mental health journey is a long and winding road. (laughs) That's from the Beatles. Uh, (laughs) Don't sue us. (laughs) Please and thank you. Uh, And so... Anyways, yeah, so that was very interesting to me. Interesting. I was like, okay, well, gross. So that's part of our true, yeah, 3% difference. Okay. Ugh, that gross. makes sense, though. Libra, yeah. I would say that I get very tight. Like, yeah. just the tightening of the Libra mm-hmm. is that's what I respond mm-hmm. to in sure. that paragraph. And I think yours yeah. is also very like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a lot of oomph. It's a lot of oomph in your rising yeah, sign. Yeah. And, For Libra especially, I just think podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. How we have spent a lot of our energy the last few months into, you know, making our schedules, uh, taking all of our brainstorm whiteboarding notes and putting them into the computer Mm -hmm. and organizing things and just making sure that, yeah, we come a little bit more uh, ready and prepared and it's not just we're hopping in a booth and we're just going to like talk randomly for an hour because who knows where that's going to go i mean that was fun so at I the beginning totally but yes this. this is it's very <laughs> we started out random meandering yeah. and now it's like ooh, structure thoughtfulness mm-hmm. podcasting organization yeah. bringing the content mm-hmm. absolutely yep here's the value here's what we're here for yep so our sun sign is the same we're both aquarius <gasps> yay oh. So what Aquarius, uh, how they're described on Nebula is Aquarius is shy and quiet and at the same mm-hmm. time, very odd and energetic. Polarity. Yep. What, both, who, both what are time. we, what time of day is it? Who knows? They adapt to the energy around them. They often need time alone to restore their power. They are forward thinkers. And although they may seem very conservative at times, they are not. This sign can be very noble in their deepest nature but also may come across as critical and demanding. Mm. 
Yeah, that's that's a very poignant paragraph right there, Morgan. Yeah, I definitely, I don't know, for me, yeah, what is coming it? across as critical and demanding, a thousand percent. Yeah, put that gold star a right here. A thousand percent. <laughs> I will say, yeah, I'm definitely known for uh, being particular. Legal I just opinions. I know what I want. I know how I want it. Like, if you're not here to help, then just get out of my way. <laughs> um, and I also, I I always think that I am my own worst critic. And sometimes that can spill out to other people because I have very high standards of myself. And I need to remember that, especially in close relationships and friendships that like, wow, how I talk to myself in my head is critical and sometimes not very nice. And we shouldn't talk to normal people that way. We also shouldn't talk to ourselves that way. So <laughs> working on one so, thing at a time, right? <laughs> yeah. So I definitely relate to that. And that is something that I know I work on. Yeah. That's Aquarius. That's the Aquarius behavior right there. Yeah, definitely. Mm, mm. The wibbliness and the highly criticalness and mm-hmm. the internal monologueness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah absolutely your whole conference room inside of your head it's my c- yeah your c-suite yeah my c-suite mm-hmm. yep all yep. the co's coming in That's like right. okay what are Everyone's we doing down, chief officers boom all right let's get the powerpoint up mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yes okay so that is like i said the sun sign which to review is basically who we are at our core Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's like your true identity. Essentially. Aquariusness. Yeah, it's in there. It's your core. Mm-hmm. Right. So moon signs. Right. This is your emotional representation. Mm-hmm. OK, so I am a Scorpio again. So you're a two-diamond uh, Scorpio. Yeah, wow. this is like making so much sense now. Okay, so remind me what those uh, uh, qualities are. So, well, yeah, moon qualities are different. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, yeah, depending on where it is. So, as I was reading this, my rising Scorpio description was not the same as my moon because it means something different. Duh. Great. Continue. Ooh, <laughs> that makes sense. Is that, that exciting? Sense. That's really I cool. Know. Okay. <laughs> so, for Scorpio, here's what Nebula has, has to say. The positioning of the moon in Scorpio makes people get very emotional in all areas of their life, including the way they conduct themselves when connecting with others. You feel secure when being around somebody who you trust and feel comfortable to honestly be yourself with without curbing your feelings. On the other hand, you tend to be introverted if you don't feel safe. You feel very uncomfortable under pressure and have a problem getting rid of doubts. You become excessively jealous and even spiteful when you feel insecure. You may even get addicted to situations that allow you to feel intense drama and heightened emotions. Moon in the first house says that you need emotional stimulation, movement, and freedom to express yourself in order to feel happy and fulfilled. Did they interview you for that paragraph? No, right? Because that is so very on point Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for some of the things we've been Mm -hmm. noticing recently. Yeah. And it's, wow. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. especially interesting because, like, Scorpio is my moon and rising, which means, you know, the moon sign, it's who I am internally, and your rising sign is who you present to the world, and also kind of like your future. Like, this is who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. These are the traits you're developing most strongly. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they're both Scorpio is slightly overwhelming and tied with an Aquarius. <laughs> like, they just, 
They're very different. It's very it's different. Very different. <laughs> some interesting variables that you some have going on going over there. On. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I know. But I think this is also very true because like the rising Scorpio, I think that's been coming out a lot more. I know that there's people um, who've known me like many, 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 many years in the before times, mm-hmm. you know, before our friendship. Uh, Did it who, even exist? <laughs> yeah. And just people who, you know, think I've changed a lot or I, I'm just not the same person I used to be. Well, yeah, neither are you. We all change. But I can see... You know, for going based off of astrology here, yeah, kind of when I looked like an Aquarius and had that kind of more uh, bubbly, active energy, and then Scorpio is definitely darker, you know? And so that probably seems strange, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. Especially considering all of my experiences through the years. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. Very interesting. I definitely feel uncomfortable under pressure. I'm one to get it done. Like I used to be a big procrastinator, especially mm-hmm. in college. And so it was just like getting it done under the time crunch. Yep. Adrenaline rush. Yeah. You're just going, going, going. But I don't like that. I don't thrive in that kind of work environment. Mm-hmm. I thrive in an environment where I can be thoughtful, where I can, you know, provide my best efforts. I want to produce quality content work, whatever I'm doing. I just don't want it to be fast and, you know, or just feel like I'm on fire all the time. There's yeah. always something. There's I'm a always deadline. fires, yep. you know. Putting out fires. I don't and like that. another email to send. No. no, no. And I definitely would say my personality uh, comes out more when I'm feeling comfortable. Like I used to as a kid, I think just through conditioning, I used to be like pretty loud when I met people and I was pretty like outgoing and just right there. Um, I also grew up in a small town where like everybody knew my family and my parents. And so it was just like, oh, people, I think, just assumed they knew me because they knew my parents. You're in the group. It's the family bubble. Yeah. You're all like each other. Right. Yeah. So I just I think I had a lot of like my family personality as I was growing up. And so public personality, that public personality. Exactly. And so that was definitely, I think, more of what people saw. But now that I've grown up, I've had my own experiences. I live in my own town, have my own family. It's like (gasps) the town of uh, Morgan. Yeah, (laughs) I just I feel like I'm connecting more with those bits of me. Yeah. And they're coming out more and ringing a little more true. It sounds a little bit more mature, a little bit more teenagery, a little bit more, you know, from the young Wibbly Aquarius. And now you're Scorpioing a little bit, really soaking in what those things are. And I was just really surprised at both of those descriptions. Yeah. Right. Do you want to hear yours? Gross. Yeah, I do. Okay. (laughs) So your moon sign, Mm -hmm. which is who you are internally on the inside, private, secret personality. You're a Taurus. Oh, yeah. So what Nebula has to say about that, individuals who have the moon in Taurus Mm -hmm. are usually calm and well-adjusted. On the other hand, they are principled and dislike any change, even when it's essential and inevitable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's not surprising that you're trying to stay in your comfort zone where everything looks familiar to you. That's how you guard yourself against outer influences of which you are suspicious. suspicious. You can be pretty resolute in anything you pursue, which is unquestionably an advantage. You seek these qualities in your partner as well because they mean a lot to you. You are always fascinated with how people work. 
taboos, mm. secrets, yeah. and all that is forbidden or hidden. Oh, yeah, secrets. Secrets. Wow. What do you think surprising. about that? It's, I don't know a lot about some of the signs. Yeah. Uh, and so Taurus is one that I just, I don't know a lot about. That's really cool, though. And I think that that's still true. Like, yeah. the the inner stability mm-hmm. and we can deal with change. Mm-hmm. But we do like being in our comfort zone, Morgan. That's, mm-hmm. I think, the paragraph or the sentence that spoke to me the most. Yeah. Does Samantha like being in her comfort zone? <laughs> oh, she does. It's cozy in there. She does. It's so nice. We don't have to do anything new or scary. Mm-hmm. But this podcast was a comfort zone um, expander because, oh, it wow, sure was. so many new learning things. But mm-hmm. yeah, change. Change makes me anxious. So that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think so, wow. I, don't know, I read a lot of those things when I was reading it about you. Mm-hmm. It made me smile because I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who knew? Some of those things like I, you. I just feel you're the person who just whenever you set out to do something like it's going to happen. We're just doing it. Yeah. Like you say you're going to do it, whether that's personally, you know, in your professional life. I mean, you just go out and you do it. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so we're lady festing it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Lady festing it. And so I really related to that. And just like also the stability, because you've always been the person in my life that I feel is, you know, you are the stable one. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm having a tough time or when I've been struggling, it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, head over to the flat and Mm -hmm. be in the comfort zone. Come in my comfort zone. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Like, it's just like. The warmth of the bubble. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, so I very much feel that from your Taurus energy. Wow. Yeah. That's something, a whole new thing to Mm -hmm. think about. I'm going to need to get this app. I'm going to need to look at this app. That's really cool. Yeah. So this is, as it is just the beginning of Aquarius season, (sighs) this is just the beginning of our Aquarius learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to sprinkle these in throughout the year and just learn a little bit more about astrology and our Aquarius behavior. Mm -hmm. But I hope that these were all helpful and entertaining, at least for you to listen to today. What I'm wondering too, because this was fascinating. This is a lot of information that I didn't know, but for everyone who's listening along, Quick, do a Google search, right? Whatever app you want to use. I'm interested in what other people's combinations are because I think that's what is making it interesting is Mm -hmm. it's not just what the moon sign or what the rising sign is. And then that in combined with Mm -hmm. what your just normal sign is. Mm -hmm. It's how they all play together. So I'm very Mm -hmm. interested about the people who have reached out to us and um, become cool people in the Aquarius pod pod, in our pod pod of love. the pod pod. I'm really interested in seeing what other people are. So tell us, DM us, laugh about it with us. But this was fantastic. I'm so excited that it's Aquarius season. I'm feeling so powerful. I'm feeling powerful and we're learning. Knowledge is happening and we're unstoppable. Yeah. We're just doing it. Woo. (laughs) Well, Samantha, we got to wrap this up. So today I just want to give a shout out to the website slash apps that I (laughs) use primarily for my research, which was astrology.com, Wikipedia, and the Nebula app. So beautiful. Everything that I read was quotes from them. I did not write it myself, but all of the thoughts were ours. All of our thoughts are ours and all of the words are other people's. (laughs) We love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next Wednesday. And 
Oh, goodbye, friends. Love and abundance. Love and abundance. Bye. <laughs>